Thank you all so much for uh, coming to this event. Uh, my name is Rob Graywall. I am the president of the South Asian Bar Association of Northern California. Um, I'm going to have the panelists introduce themselves in a second. I just want to welcome the audience and kind of give you guys a heads up. Um, we are going to be recording this event and putting it up on our podcast series called Chit Chat on our um, website, um, which is why Joe is recording this. So just a fair warning, heads up on that. Um, and you're here today to learn how to succeed as a summer associate, which, you know, for those of us that are first generation and might not have necessarily had the, the greatest structure or the mentorship that, you know, uh, other students might have in terms of knowing the do's and the don'ts uh, in a law firm setting, in a government setting, in the legal world. Uh, we're hoping that we can answer some of your questions and provide you with some uh, good wisdom and advice uh, from that angle. And uh, to help me do that, we have our three panelists. Uh, so I think I'll go ahead and start with uh, who I've got first on my screen. So Arsh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Um, go ahead and tell them your name, where you work, and where you summered. So guys, my name is Arsh Singh. Uh, I'm a deputy DA of Contra Costa County, and I've been there for about five years, just starting my fifth year. I currently do felony domestic violence prosecution exclusively. Uh, I did my too well summer here at the DA's office, and I came back on as a post bar, and I've been working here since. Nice to meet you guys. Awesome. And Sonali, you're up next. Hi, everyone. My name is Sonali. I'm a fourth year associate at Hogan Levels in their San Francisco office. Um, I did summer at a firm out in Georgia, Evershed Sutherland. Um, I ended up wanting to settle in San Francisco, which is why I'm not currently over there. But um, I'm nice to meet you all and hope you guys have some questions along the way. Feel free to ask in the end. Awesome. And last but not least, Prince. Cool. Hello, everyone. My name is Prince Singh. I'm a first year attorney at Reed Smith. So I'm in the big law space. Um, I spent a one all summer in-house at Salesforce and two all summer I was at Reed Smith. So I did summer and joined here. Currently, I'm on the transactional side. I'm still trying to figure out my practice area, but somewhere between life sciences and trademark and AI, or maybe a combination of all three. Awesome. Love it. So uh, I want to go ahead and also let the audience know that if you guys have any questions or, you know, any burning desires, this is a safe space, um, you know, put it in the chat, let me know, and I'll make sure that I ask the, uh, the panelists. Um, but with that, we'll get started. So uh, you know, I think one of the first things that you you kind of have a, a question about when you become a summer associate is, um, oh, Sonali is kind enough to remind me we want to take a picture. Um, hey, Joe, when you get a chance, can you screenshot so we can like promote this? <laughs> Thanks. Um, thank you, Sonali. Uh, so as I was saying, uh, I think, oh, should we actually like pause or like, like, all right, let's all smile and make sure, sure we put for this thing. All right. Three. Two, one, cheese. Great. Right. Okay, let's get into it now. <laughs> um, so one of the first things that, you know, you want to do as a summer associate because you're nervous and scared is, is uh, you know, make everyone happy and, you know, sort of never say no to work. Um, what advice would you guys have uh, on that front in terms of, you know, you've got partners asking you to do work, you've got associates asking you to do work, you've got paralegals asking you to do work, you know, as a summer associate, you're kind of on the bottom of the food chain. Um, you know, Sonali, what, what should I do in that situation if I'm kind of getting overwhelmed? Yeah. So 
when I was a summer associate, we had these work assignment coordinators. And I think most, at least big law firms will have, even general like uh, mid-sized and boutiques will have a assignment coordinator that you can usually go to and be like, hey, I have way too much on my plate right now. Um, there's just no way I'm going to do it. You shouldn't be afraid to say that because in fact, it could uh, look even better that you're being proactive about it. I know some associates sometimes wait, they'll take on all the work, they'll wait until the very last minute. And then they end up having to take extensions that the partner or the associate did not anticipate. And um, I know some people ended up not getting return offers because it just looked really bad that they can't be on top of their work. So the second you start feeling a little overwhelmed, um, you need to be upfront. I know that I had like 14 assignments in one summer and it was it was a lot to deal with. So um, something else I learned along the way was to kind of take your time whenever you do your assignments, take as much time as you need to, because the faster you do things, the more work's going to come your way. And in the beginning, you don't anticipate having to go to happy hours and dinners. So um, just kind of build in some of that time too, before you say yes to a full workload. No, I think that's great advice. Prince, what about you? You summered at Salesforce, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, so I did my 1L summer at Salesforce. So in-house counsel in Big Law is very different. I'll talk about Salesforce first. Since everyone in in-house kind of went through the Big Law thing and then they joined in-house, the culture is very different and your client is the company you work for. So a lot of the assignments I got, they had longer deadlines. They were like summer-long projects, eight to 10 weeks. A lot of them were creative projects and they were going to someone internally. So that pressure wasn't there and you had more leeway between what you want to do and what you don't. But in Big Law, I think similar to Sonali, you kind of... You kind of don't have a say in what kind of work you get, but definitely express if you are feeling overwhelmed. Um, view it as a 10-week-long internship. When you get to your internship, I think a lot of big law firms do spend their summer kind of winding and dining you, giving you a great experience and parting it up. On the other hand, a lot of other big law firms kind of make it very realistic. So that way your summer is a good reflection of what life is going to be like when you start. So for me, my summer was that way. We had a lot of assignments, we had a lot of social events, and I kind of treated big laws my only commitment I had no other involvements that summer no family stuff I kind of knew that assignment's going to come in I could be flexible on my deadlines but I could never not do an assignment and when it comes to taking on work you don't really want to do I feel like as a summer you should take on a project in every single practice area to figure out what you do like and what you don't like so you can make a good decision when you do become an attorney I like that's great advice Arsh, I would love to hear a perspective on this because I know that district attorney's offices and the public defender's offices are just overwhelmed, um, especially when you start practicing. But curious to see what it's like for their uh, externs and interns. So for us, in, uh, and I interned in 2016 as a 2L, uh, you're pretty much allowed to be in court. And that, that, um, that means you could do anything in court. You could do preliminary hearings. You could even do full misdemeanor jury trials. And so those deadlines are uh, a, a little bit more um, up in the air in criminal law because you never know you're preparing for something and the last minute you walk into court and the case settles, right? Or your defendant doesn't show up and it's gone. So everything you worked for, uh, it's poof, it's just gone like that. So my advice for that would be take on the work that, uh, that you're getting, the motions, uh, pre- prepping for cases, things like that, and just have that ready by the time it's going to go to court. But the real work starts once court's actually going to go. And uh, a lot of times, I'd say about 70 to 80% of times as a 2L, uh, your trial doesn't get out, your hearing doesn't start. That doesn't mean that time was wasted that you put in. Because most of the time is really in the preparation. Once you're already in the court, uh, it's just doing what you what you had practiced. And just going off of what uh, Princess Sonali said in terms of being overwhelmed, uh, government's a little bit more flexible with that uh, than big law. I think um, 
you have more time to work on assignments and we purposely kind of ease people into it in the first couple of weeks to try to make it a little bit more pleasant experience uh, than when they're finished and working as, uh, as full on DAs. So, but if that does arise and you do feel overwhelmed, uh, it's essential that you reach out to the people who are running the program so they could kind of divert assignments that way. And it's really the quality of your work uh, rather than just pumping out as many assignments as you can. So it's similar in some ways, but also different in some ways uh, as, as private sector. Makes sense. No, I like that. Um, Prince, you know, you mentioned uh, something when you were giving a response about how students should try to try a little bit of every single practice area, try to, you know, get a feel for what you like, what you don't like, um, which partners you like and don't like, and, you know, who you want to work for, who you want to work with, things like that. Um, what do you do in a situation where you've got an assignment that you really don't like and you're in a practice area that is just the moon to you and, you know, you're overwhelmed and lost. What do you do in that situation? So I think in that situation, you kind of just have to get through the assignment. Um, in that sense, like it might be a one-off assignment. You do it, you submit it, you talk to your assignment coordinator and let them know like, hey, I did an assignment in state tax. No hate to tax or anything, but you might've done a state tax assignment, not loved it. Definitely still do your best work follow up with the attorney, see if they have any more questions for you, but let your assignment coordinator know that I done say tax, I ruled it out. If there's any other assignments, maybe give it to another associate. That would be the best way to handle it. I say don't go to the partner and tell them I don't enjoy your field of practice. Probably just keep it to yourself or your mentor or someone else so they can divert a work away from you. And it's really important what you brought up about the mentor, uh, because the, those are the ones that you can really trust. And hopefully you, the one that you have is someone you can really trust because they're the ones that really want to see you succeed. Because if you succeed and get the post offer, they look good. So they've got a vested interest in making you as successful as you possibly can be. And the other piece of advice I would add to your really excellent response there is potentially become friends with some of the associates that are working in that practice group because they're the ones that you can go to for all your stupid questions without having to worry about uh, possible blowback from the partners or the partner, you know, going, Oh my God, I can't believe he asked me what salt was. And that states, you know, stands for state and local tax. Like duh, every tax attorney knows that um, which, you know, as an employment lawyer, the only reason I know this is because my best friend does that, right? Like I, otherwise I'm going to go to the kitchen and get you some salt, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great idea. So uh, another good piece of advice is utilize the associates, the junior associates, the mid-level associates. They remember what it was like to be in your shoes not too long ago, and they're going to have a significant amount of empathy and are, are going to want to help pay it forward. Um, Sonali, in your response, you mentioned uh, the happy hours and the client dinners and the firm events. And my God, in the summer, there's just every single day, there's something to do. How do you organize that? Like, do I have to go to every single thing? Yes, which is the <laughs> really, really <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, it's just during summer, it's the firm's way of getting to know who you are as a person so yeah we can see your work product and all that but we also want to see can you fit in with our firm culturally so do you have personality do you have some other things that everybody at the firm can really vibe with it's kind of a good way of filtering out um some of the I'm not I don't want to say bad personalities but personalities that just won't really 
do well um, and thrive within our firm. So um, it definitely is important to show up to these events. And I think back when I was a summer, I had only just started like drinking and stuff. And in Georgia, there was a huge drinking culture. So I was just like having to balance, trying to limit that. Um, Luckily today, they don't pressure you as much um, to drink. And if you don't want to drink, I will just add, you can say, I don't drink and it's completely acceptable. But back when I was a summer, I didn't know that. So um, just show up, be yourself. I think most of the times you just, people want to get to know you. Um, so just relax and enjoy it versus seeing it as a chore. Yeah, totally agree. And look, I'm somebody who's never drank in his life. And so when I was a summer, um, you know, drinking is a big part of being a lawyer. I got to be honest with you. It's a stressful job and that's, you know, that, that is what it is. Um, for me, I, I kind of compensated by just being funny. You know, that was my personality and I let my personality shine like that. Um, I will point out, though, I think, uh, Sonali, you'll agree with me. Be careful with how much you drink. You don't want to end up in an article on Law 360 where it's like two drunk summers from so-and-so law firm snuck into a zoo and like try to kidnap a pigeon. Like, I don't know, like random stuff like that, because everyone will hear and that's going to suck. So you got to keep in mind, even though you're at these fun events, they really shouldn't be fun for you. This is still part of your interview process. You've got to be on and it sucks to be on all day and all night, but you got to remember any little thing that you say might register with somebody, right? So drink in moderation, have a good time, but still keep your senses about you. Arsh, what's it like with the government sector? I mean, I, I know that you guys don't have kind of the resources to to go and rent out a giant's uh, ball game and stuff like that, but do you guys still go out to events? Do you guys still do happy hours and things like that? Yeah, we have consistent happy hours. Obviously, that's changed a little bit with uh, COVID. But um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like a weekly thing for us. We try to take a lot of the clerks out every every week. And uh, like everyone's saying, it's really important for you to start meeting uh, your first-year DAs, second-year DAs, because those are the people who you're going to be like when you graduate, you know, similar to a first-year associate. And uh I'll just second everything Rev just said. Uh, obviously, you know, drink in moderation. Like, this is a work event at the end of the day. Uh, but also be yourself at your personality show. I think what I've noticed in uh, the years that I've been working, and I recruit people as well, hire them as well, um, you you, you got to be part of a team, right? In any part of being an attorney, uh, people got to be able to rely on you, know that you're uh, – uh, a person that they can trust uh, to do get work done, but also just your personality. You're going to be working long hours. You're going to have stressful things, stressful trials. You need to discuss strategy and uh, all those kinds of things. Just be, you got to be likable. You got to have a personality. And those are where those things are developed. You know, when you're in court, you're, you're working. When you're in your office, writing motions, you're, you're doing other stuff. But I'd encourage throughout the summer to attend every single event that you can, um, and it's on you how you want to do, you know, like some people like to drink, some don't, but definitely try to be, build those connections because you never know how far those will go, uh, especially in your first year where you're, everyone's in the, you know, you're shocked and you're like, holy crap, what's going on? And then you have all your colleagues to rely on because they're all in the same boat. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think the best piece of advice I got when I was, uh, it was, listen, Right now, the paralegals, even though they don't have a law degree, they know more than you. The partners definitely know more than you. Like the associates know the most. And uh, yeah, you see that guy right there that's like sitting at the reception desk that is welcoming people and things like that. He definitely knows more than you. You know the least amount compared to everybody else. 
don't come in with your high horse and a fancy degree and, and things like that. You're going to get kicked in the teeth over and over again because law school doesn't really teach you how to be a lawyer. That you're going to learn here. The paralegals are going to be your friends. The assistants are going to be your lifesavers. Um, be very, very nice to everybody because uh, it's like high school. People gossip and they'll find out, right? And if you find your reputation headed in a direction that you don't like, take steps to address that head on, right? Go go and talk to the people that you might not have the best relationship with and be like, hey, I want to go out and you know just get lunch with you real quick because I feel like we might not have gotten off on the right foot and I really want to see if we can find some common ground somewhere. And then find something that you know, you guys get along with and then let that be your little thing that you guys, you know, laugh about and your inside joke. And then I'd advise staying away from that point on because you don't want to, once you're, once you're in a good place, once you get the answer you want, get out. Um, but Arsh, you, you bring up a good point about, uh, you know, COVID and, and sort of the restrictions that that's had. Um, you know, I, I saw that some of the uh, summer associates here are probably working from home. I know that a lot of uh, summer associate programs are hybrid, where it's like two days in the office, uh, three days at home, things like that. Um, what advice uh, would you all three have? And we'll start with Arsh, um, with sort of being in the room, you know, like having your presence be known. How do I let people know who I am and sort of get get my name out there, essentially? Yeah, when I mean, obviously, that's going to be a lot tougher when uh, people can't see you live. And we've seen a dramatic difference from 2019 onwards in our classes of just we were so close to people in classes before that and sort of feel like we're behind the ball to getting getting to know people after that. But I think the best you can do is work under the circumstances is just join the Zoom happy hours, things like that. Uh, maybe build one on one connections with someone whose assignment you're working on that maybe if I could come see you in person and um, it's going to be more work because it's not as natural. You can't just go door to door and talk to people, but it, it, it kind of falls on you to take the incentive and reach out to people, see who's comfortable uh, hanging out, things like that. And then any event that they have that's even online or over zoom, uh, take advantage of that because you are dealt that hand, but at the same time, everyone in your current class, everyone's going through the pandemic. They're kind of all on the, in the same boat. So I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Snowy, what about you? Any advice? Yeah, just to add to that, too, I would also reach out and schedule one-on-one Zooms, like lunches or coffees, if you're not comfortable coming in. Um, I know when I was getting integrated at Hogan, that's what some of these seniors said. They reached out and they're like, I should have lunch um, virtually, and usually the firm will pay for it. So uh, take advantage of that, too. Um, but I think that's a good way of, of connecting if, if you don't feel comfortable being in the office. Definitely. What about you, Prince? Yeah, I say don't take it personally to an extent. I feel like since everyone is on Zoom and if summers aren't in office, sometimes attorneys get so busy, they forget that the summers are there and they forget to throw work your way. And I think it's not anything to do with work quality. It's just they don't remember. So I think as Snolly said, schedule coffees. I know we have like a bingo cards at my firm where you have to schedule coffee with five attorneys and you get bingo. That's like a way to meet them. But I say get involved in the firm in other ways. Write blog posts on upcoming issues so it gets circulated with the firm. So your name keeps popping up in people's emails. Or some summers they send out an update on Fridays like, hey, this week I explored state tax and IP. I would love to explore these areas. If any has work, let me know. And they mass email it out to maybe like mid-level to senior associates rather than partners. So their name's out there and they're being recognized. I think that's a great idea. And I, you know, I totally forgot that I did this when I was a summer associate. There was some Supreme Court case that came out regarding AEDs, like those automated defibrillators. Um, 
I didn't know the first thing about those. I, I'm an employment attorney. I didn't care about that. Um, but it was one of those things where I was able to summarize it because I knew that we had a really large healthcare practice uh, at the firm that I was at. And it, it took me all of what, maybe half an hour to read the case and then another hour to draft a summary, like a two-page summary in layman's terms about, hey, this is what the case was about. Here's what the court held. Here's what this means for you. And I, I sent that to the head of the healthcare practice and all of a sudden everyone in the firm knows, oh, hey, raving reviews for Rav, you know, he's getting published because this partner then sent it out to somebody else and it's a blog post, right? And now it's still on my LinkedIn to this day. It's like the only publication I've had. It, it took me like less than two hours of work to do. And it, it's sort of one of those things that, you know, it, you've got to be proactive. You can't really treat your summers like, a vacation. I know it sucks. I know a lot of people will tell you like, oh man, just relax. And you know, there's a bunch of memes online where you guys don't, you know, it's like talking about how summer associates don't have to do anything and they just get an offer afterwards as long as you don't mess up. Don't don't rely on that. You know, we just entered a bear market. We don't know what the recession is going to bring about. And you guys weren't around when the market was, you know, crappy in 2008. And then again in 2012, I want to say. Don't take the chance. Overkill is underrated. Definitely be proactive. Attorneys get busy. You guys have no idea how stressed out we get and we completely forget about things. Go and, and send us friendly reminders. My favorite email to send is, hey, friendly reminder, but just wanted to touch base on this, this, and this and no rush. And usually the partner or the other associate is really grateful because, hey, I totally forgot I meant to do this. And uh, it slipped my mind because uh, a lot of people want to help you guys out and they want to pay it forward because they can't pay it back for the people that did this for them. So this is their chance. Give them that opportunity. Um, let's talk a little bit about sort of how you carry yourself. Um, you know, I know that's like a, a big thing. It's, it's sort of the perception. Um, I know it's a big thing in, in big loss and all. So what advice do you have in terms of like, how should I be dressing? You know, should I keep my camera on or off? You know, we, we've already confirmed, like, go to every event. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you know, be there. But, you know, should I, how, how loud should I be? What should my presence be? So now, like, give me, give me the do's and don'ts. Yeah. So for, I guess, uh, physical presence, if you're wearing, like what you're wearing to work and stuff, the first week I actually reached out to our recruiters and I asked them to send me, I was coming from California to Georgia. So I was like, you guys need to tell me what I need to pack. So they sent me basically the overall dress code. They're like, it's technically like business casual, but we dress it down on Friday. So you kind of have a good idea. You can also ask mentors who are in the office. Um, I know here in San Francisco, my, the partner I work with is just like, you can wear jeans whenever you want. So you can just kind of get a feel for it um, after your first couple of days, but definitely show up and like uh, better to be overdressed in that case on your first couple of weeks than to be underdressed. Um, and then as for like Zoom presence, uh, I know Zoom fatigue is real. I know y'all just had a whole bunch of classes online. I can't even imagine being online for that long, but um, I think starting out meetings, um, if it's like something like within your firm where they have like a virtual happy hour, like you can be on camera for the beginning and then slowly um, you can like turn off your camera towards the end if you have other stuff that you need to do. But the more that they see you, the more they're going to remember you, especially if you're fully virtual. So um, I would advise just keeping the camera on, at least looking like you're engaged um, for the most part. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about you, Arsh? Any advice for those that are in the government sector? Yeah, and uh, appearance is a big part of being in, in court, doing trials, and especially as a DA. Uh, I'd recommend dressing as neutral as possible right when you're starting. Um, you know, this is not a wedding reception. Uh, and, and the easiest piece of advice I give to both men and women is put on like CNN and watch like a White House uh, briefing, right? See what the president's wearing, see what the secretaries are wearing and, you know, the speakers, things like that. That's kind of what you want to go for. Um, I do think even though we've been going kind of casual since COVID uh, in government, I do recommend not doing that throughout your summer. Uh, suit and tie, uh, you know, pantsuits, whatever it is, uh, pretty much throughout. And the reason for that is because anytime court's sort of unpredictable, right? Like something could happen where someone's, someone else's case pled and now you have a hearing that you have a chance to go do. And then if you're caught there and you, you're not dressed up, you lose that opportunity to be in court. And so that's why I always, always, always recommend throughout your entire summer to be, you know, dressed for that occasion. And then um, other than that, um, I think the more you're seen, the more you're just professional, you know, like it, it does, people are going to judge your personality and see if you're cut out for the, for the office. And you can kind of based on what everyone else is doing, but it, summer is sort of an interview as well, right? Like, let's just be real. So I would, like the way I'm, I, I went into office today without a suit on. I didn't have courts. So I was just, you know, working, but I would not do that uh, if I was a clerk. And all of our clerks that we had, uh, 1Ls and 2Ls, were all dressed up. I just gave them a tour, told them all to, you know, stay suited in the will. And the other reason in the criminal law where it's really important is when you go to court, uh, there's going to be judges there, right? And everybody talks. The judges are going to talk to the DAs, the public defenders, everything like that our management teams and then the more well put together you are there the better impression you leave on them and the more people you impress throughout your summer the better it is for you even if you go into different fields maybe you can know that judge might know someone or have a good impression of you so in government work i definitely recommend just staying fully professional attire throughout i completely agree um prince any any adding thoughts yeah i think um, I would keep in mind that always err on the side of professionalism, even if you're in-house or in big law, like all the attorneys around you are going to make your summer fun. They're going to take you to events and you might see the way they interact and carry themselves. But keep in mind that they've gone through the summer and they have their offers. They're not trying to impress anyone. So you don't really want to mimic their behaviors. At the end of the day, you are still trying to impress a partner. Like for me, I'm a junior associate. When the summers talk to me, they don't have to be formal at all. But if they talk to a partner and they hear if they're talking to a partner the way you talk to me, I think they wouldn't prefer that. So at the end of the day, just always remember, be as professional as you can and also be positive and inquisitive. I know it's a lot being 110%, but the firm wants to see like, if you can do good work and if you're going to fit in and if you're not going to be arrogant, you could take criticism, you understand how to roll with the punches and you could behave well in front of a client. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the best piece of advice I ever received was, uh, they've earned the right to to do what they do. You haven't yet. You know they've 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 put in the blood, sweat, and tears, and you know that's a little bit hyperbolic. But uh, you're you're still even though you guys are very similar and you're going to be treated the same. You guys aren't the same, and you got to remember that. Um, I made sure you know to to your point, Arsh. I made sure that my office I always had a suit just in case. Like I had a full uh, one one of those situations where I was like, if I ever got rained on. And I was just completely drenched head to toe. 
I can literally change my clothes at the office if I need to, like spy, uh, like Superman. Like I'm just going to bust right into a suit and I can go to court whenever I need to because a lot of times, you know, it's for a TRO. It's an emergency type thing and it's going to happen right now and you don't really have a lot of notice. Or it's that the partner's like, oh yeah, I forgot I was going to court today because they do this all the time. And then they're like, oh, this would be something great for the summer associates to see. Whoever's wearing a suit or has got a suit, come come with me. Whoever's not, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to make you look, you know, not going to let you make me and my client look bad by by coming in if you're underdressed. Um, same thing if you're on Zoom, you know, like once again, I totally get, I'm in-house right now. I used to work at 24-Hour Fitness where all I did was work t-shirts and basketball shorts. That's it. I wore that to the office because anything more than that, you know, you're overdressed there. But did I do that the first week I was there? Definitely not. Um, I made sure I earned the right to do that. And I recently joined a solar tech company. And I know that the climate there is going to be different than the climate at 24-Hour Fitness, right? So I'm wearing things like this. And it's been about six months since I since I started there. And once I started seeing, okay, hey, you know what? I've kind of earned my right here. They know that I'm a good attorney. They, they know I've got strong work product. Now, every once in a while, I'll, you know, I'll wear a t-shirt on online early on in the meetings and things like that. And I'll make sure that there are other people also wearing t-shirts just so I'm not alone. Because, you know, once again, you want to have that perception, your perception, people's perception is their reality. And that plays a huge part in it. And it's not fair. It super sucks. It's so judgy, but it's the truth. Like they're going to make assumptions and stereotypes in the back of their heads and you don't want to give them any excuses for that um seeing as we're talking about you know not messing up uh let's say you know i I think our summer associates have been in their program for at least two weeks now um let's say we get to the five week mark uh there's typically a check-in with the uh, summer coordinator um or you know the partners and you get sort of like a mini performance review um, you know, if things are going great, awesome. Don't change anything. Keep doing what you're doing. But if things aren't going great and, you know, you've got some feedback where there are some areas of concern, how should I take that feedback? You know, what should I do with it? Um, Prince, why don't we start with you this time? It's going to be hard taking feedback. I think as a summer, you go through your 10 year, you take all your core courses, you like conquer LRW and everything. And you go in there, like, I have an idea of what to do. And then you go to your industry and you realize a lot of the stuff you learn in class does not translate to the real world at all. Um, I think the best thing you can do after your mid-summer review, that's what we call it here, take that feedback, sit down with your mentor, and go over it with them and address each issue and how you can improve. I think most of the time over summer, you're doing work that's very new and unfamiliar, and you really don't even know what you're doing wrong. So when you do get feedback, a lot of time you don't really understand what the feedback is. So I think it's worth it to sit down with your mentor, talk to them, and then maybe set up time with the partners and the associates. Like, hey, I did this assignment for you. I want to follow up and see if you need anything additional or where I could have improved. So I think that would be like the best way to improve once you hit your mid-summer mark. And I'm on the summer associate hiring committee at my firm. And I know at the end of summer, everyone you work with, interact with, is going to go around the room and talk about their experiences with you. And I know that if an attorney has that experience, they're going to say, hey, this person an assignment for me. They didn't do the greatest job, but they came back, talked to me, improved on it. That will really show that you take criticism and you're prepared to like do better work. Love that. That's a great response. Sonali, what about you? 
Yeah. Um, to go back to dressing up and stuff on your days that you have reviews, you should be showing up as professionally as possible. I remember I threw on a suit whenever I had to go to my, we had two reviews during my summer. So definitely dress it up. Um, even today I had this blazer on the back of my door because you just never know, even though I do transactional law, but yeah, so just always keep your suit in your office just in case, um, and do wear it for your reviews. But also, um, something that I found helped me was, I would ask about the thought process behind the feedback in order for me to internalize what what I did wrong or like where I might have just taken a misstep. So um, I've let my partners know that now too. They'll kind of go through and explain, here's why I would have done it this way instead. And it, it, it's really helpful for them and for you um, to kind of process it fully. And the last piece of advice is just don't make that same mistake repeatedly because then it shows that you're just not growing or learning from it and something's just not clicking and it's just... It's kind of a red flag. Um, so keep all of that in mind. Makes sense. Arsh, how about you, man? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Princess Sonali, you pretty much covered everything. The only thing I'd like to add is uh, the people there that are watching you, you know, they know that you're in your uh, 1L or 2L summer uh, and they know you're not expected to know everything right off the bat. But it's really important that you take that criticism constructively and improve, right? Like it's not a time for you to... <clears throat> be sad or down that you're not doing as well as someone else in your class or there's something you're not understanding that that's totally fine you know you're you're still in school so it's take that criticism learn from it and then improve right so uh that's the only thing i like to add to that yeah i i love that uh, i think all three of you guys hit uh, the nail right on the head none of us are perfect we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to have strengths and we're all going to have weaknesses and if you think you don't have any weaknesses that just means you haven't done a, a proper self-assessment um, the goal is progress not perfection and so i think after you get your midsummer review and they're like hey this is they, they typically do what's called a sandwich technique so they'll start off with something that you're that you're doing great and then they'll talk about some areas that you can improve on and then they'll end with like hey you're doing great in this as well so keep that up um and so it's sort of to make it more palatable. Um, one, don't be defensive. Don't try to argue against that. Don't try to say, no, that's not actually accurate. This is that. Um, and don't try to give any justification or excuses. Doesn't matter. It's not going to come off well. The way that you respond to that is you say, thank you. That's great. And then you really focus on that. You know, to Snally's point, understand the context behind why that review is given, what you need to do differently. Um, you know, and then thank them for that and genuinely mean that because it shows that they're taking time to try to make you better. That's their hope. And, and even if it's something that you don't agree with, it's something that is either a marketing problem in the sense that you're doing something that is sending off the signal to others that, you know, you've got a weakness here. Um, or it's a development problem where you need to develop this area, whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, focus on that that feedback and really internalize that. And then with your assignments moving forward, make sure that you sort of mention that in a positive light. Be like, hey, you know, when someone's reviewing your assignment, be like, hey, what did you think about my uh, grammatical mistakes, by the way? I've been really working on that as some of the feedback and I want to make sure that I show progress and improvement. Or, um, hey, you know, what do you think about my I can't really think of any negative weaknesses right now off the top of my head that are like personality based, but like, Hey, what do you think about me speaking up and, you know, having a louder voice, for example, and, you know, having a stronger presence in the room. Did you feel like I did that well during this presentation or something I got in terms of feedback that I want to really show progress on? If it shows that 
you're cognizant of it and that you're taking steps to improve. Sometimes, even if you don't improve, the fact that you're trying speaks volumes. And that is going to be a big lifesaver when, you know, Prince is in those roundtable discussions where people are like, hey, so what do we like about these people? What don't we like? And, you know, that's going to be that's going to be good. It's going to show that you don't take things personally. It's going to show that you have this professional ability to understand that when someone says, you know, bad things about your work product and whatnot, it's not that they're saying you're bad. It's that they're saying we think you can do better. And that's the that's the right way to sort of approach it. Um, we're at 340 right now. So I think we're going to go for maybe like another five minutes of questions from me. And then um, we'll ask the, the audience if they have any questions. And if they don't, we'll jump back into, to, you know, me just grilling you guys. Um, I want to make sure that the audience knows, like, guys, look, feel free to, to type them into the chat. Like, you know, that won't be recorded. Um, if you guys have any concerns that because we're recording it, you don't want to, you know, you don't feel like this is safe space shoot me a quick chat. We'll cancel the recording right now. And, and, you know, we'll make this the the whole bit of it, but I really want this to be a safe space because, you know, a lot of us, we really didn't have anybody to, to go to there. Like nobody was doing this when I was a summer associate, or if they were, nobody invited me to us. I had no idea. So, um, you know, I had a million questions and was kind of guessing and got really lucky, but it would have been so much easier if someone just gave me a cheat sheet and was like, do this, don't do this. Um, but just want to throw that little um, PSA out there. Um, my next uh, sort of question is, you know, what are what's some of the best advice that you received in terms of how to succeed as a summer? Um, so for example, I'll start um, the, the most important thing that I think you could do, maybe not the most important thing I think you could do, but the easiest thing that I think you can do um, that will help you out without you even realizing it is every meeting you go into bring a pen and a pad of paper. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Um, but it is also the most silliest important rule in, in the world. Like when it, when it's the summer associate world, um, any firm event that you're uh, going to, that's like a lunch in a conference room, they usually have a presentation where they're going to be talking. So even though you're going there for food, bring a pen and paper to take notes because somebody's going to be presenting on some sort of topic. The only time you really don't need to bring a pen and paper is, is if you're going out to like a lunch event to uh, you know, a restaurant or you're going to some sort of sporting event or something on those lines. But if it's inside the, the form of a building that your law firm operates in always, every time you walk out of your office, gotta have that with you. Um, otherwise it seems like you're not prepared and you're kind of, you know, just walking around goofily. Um, Sonali, what, what about you? What's the best piece of advice that you received that's easy to implement and practical? Yeah, I have, well, one that kind of branches off of yours and then a separate one. But the one that branches off of yours is um, I was told to, basically, when you're in a meeting with a partner, you're getting your work assignment, you should ask what the end product should look like. Um, cause I did some litigation work. I did some patent prosecution work and your work products felt completely different. So sometimes they'll even have templates. You might've just forgotten to even tell you about them. So always ask that, um, before you leave, like, what should this even look like? Um, and then the other piece of advice is, I mean, just be yourself because whether or not you vibe with the firm, like it's a decision that the firm will make, but also that you should make, cause you might not even want to be there long-term. It's 
part of why I didn't want to stay in Georgia. I just didn't really, I like the people, but my personality was just not really what, um, I guess the firm had. So, uh, just be cognizant of that, pay attention to how you feel when you're working there as a summer. Can you see yourself being there long-term? Um, keep those kinds of questions in mind. I like that. Arsh, what about you, man? Uh, asking questions, you know, like if there, there are things that come up that you don't know about or how it should end up, it's totally normal to ask questions. Um, the longer your summer goes on, obviously the better you're going to get and ho- hopefully you progress and everyone's able to see that, but kind of just based on what Sonali said, like uh, if there's something you're not sure about and you're just kind of winging it, I think that's always a bad idea versus get, getting clarity because at the end of the day, uh, I'm assuming like in big law, like partners and for us uh, court, uh, we want the right thing to happen at that point. And if we look back and we're like, well, if you were stuck on this, you didn't know what you were doing, then why didn't you come ask me a week ago? Right. And now we're, the court, you know, we're in court now, we're getting started and you're not prepared. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand, be prepared and ask questions. So because there's not going to be a magical way that you're just going to be ready for it. You're just going to rise to how prepared you are. So just don't be afraid, build connections. And 10 weeks is a decent amount of time for you to get to know people in there. And hopefully you have people you can trust, uh, your colleagues, use them as well, people in the same class. I'm sure a lot of them are going to have the same issues, same questions. And then your junior associates and then just going, you know, all the way up the chain. But definitely ask questions so you have clarity on what you need to do. And then you could really do it to the best of your ability. Completely agree. And, you know, one thing I'll add to that is when you're in these large Zoom events where you've got 50 different attorneys on the phone or, you know, on on the panels and it's it's like the uh, the Brady Bunch squares are are up on the screen. It's a great way to show out, you know, right. Keep your camera on because I mean, just take a look at this event right here. We've got the panelists and then two people in the audience with their cameras on. Right. So I'm going to remember Bradley because he had his camera on and I'm good, very wise to, to join. Right. Like that's, that's just stuff that, you know, we're visual creatures as human beings. We're going to see that. And that makes sense. Um, when you ask a question on zoom, there's a yellow highlighted box every time you speak, that's going to bring you to the front of the uh, page. And that's where you want to be. That's where you want people to, to see you have visibility. And it's hard when you're not like when you're in the, when you're not in the office, but you're virtual. So you've got to, you know, keep these small little things in the back of your mind, put things in the chat. Anytime you put something in the chat, it's going to pop up on everyone's screen. Now, don't put anything silly in the chat. You know, make sure it's intelligent. It doesn't need to be the best question in the world. Don't be, uh, you know, swayed away from asking a question because you think it's a dumb question. It's okay. You're a summer associate. They don't have high expectations of your intellectual abilities to begin with. They're going to forgive you if you ask a silly question because they remember what it was like to be a summer associate. We know law school doesn't teach you how to be a lawyer. So it's totally okay to ask questions as to why are we doing this? You know, how does this happen or things like that? Um, and people will read your name and they'll remember that and it'll, it'll be a good thing. Um, sorry, Prince, go ahead. What, uh, what else do you think we should uh, say? I totally took the, the mic away from you. No worries. Uh, this is going to sound kind of harsh, but I'll explain it. No one cares about you as much as you think. Yeah. I think as a summer, as a first year, I spent so much time obsessing over the fact that people are probably like wondering what I'm doing online when I'm in office, my work product sitting there like, hey, why hasn't Prince done this yet or what's going on with this? And I added so much extra anxiety to my life. And a lot of it is the imposter syndrome where I'm like, did they make a mistake in hiring me? And half the time you submit an assignment, you don't hear back for a week. You're like, you know what? I'm getting fired. I made a mistake. And none of that's true. Attorneys are so incredibly busy. And a lot of time the work they're giving summers 
and even junior associates aren't the most important parts of cases. They still need to get done, but not going to make or break the case. So there is more leeway to get back to you. And if you make a mistake, someone will tell you you made a mistake. If someone's not responding to you, you're perfectly fine. They're busy, but you will be known if you make a mistake. And I feel like I'm still struggling with doing this, but just go on with your work, do your assignments. People will reach back out to you. There's so many other summers, so many other um, attorneys, associates there. You're at the firm for a reason. You're at in-house for a reason. You deserve to be there. So just do good work and keep going on. Imposter syndrome is very, very real, guys. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got more legal experience here than anyone else on the call. And that's intentional because I wanted to make sure that we had the panelists be people that have been practicing for about five years. And I'm telling you to this day, it doesn't matter how many people compliment me. It doesn't matter how many awards I win. You ask yourself like, dude, am I, am I right? Like, do I even know what I'm doing? What, what is employment law? Am I aware of this? I hope I don't mess up. And you know, it's, it's part of the personality of, of people that go to law school, right? We're mostly type A personalities, you know, perfectionist to some degree, hyper-competitive to some degree, and we don't want to do anything wrong. And so it's tough to live in a state of uncertainty. Prince is 100% right. And it's not harsh at all because it's so truthful. Like, it, it, it sort of goes to, like, the whole thing where it's like, you know, people aren't going to have the highest expectations. We're not looking at summer associates like these guys are going to, you know, present the best discovery responses um, where we're expecting you guys to make mistakes. And we're, we don't care, you know, if, if you're doing one small thing here, if you're freaking out about like, you know, smaller things here and there, it's dude, trust me, we've got other things to worry about. Don't worry about that. Um, now, if you run naked through a field, that is something we're going to talk about. Then we're going to start to get worried and Arsh might have to, you know, like prosecute you for indecent exposure, but you know, don't do it in Contra Costa County and then you don't have to deal with them. It's great. <laughs> but I know we've got about 10 minutes left. So I, I want to give the audience a chance to, to ask questions. Uh, I see Ungad has asked a question. So let me um, take a look at this real quick. Uh, working for a small boutique firm this summer, what do you recommend to do to prepare for interviews for summer mid-sized firms or big law? Great question. So um, I used to work at a small boutique firm and I went into big law after that. Uh, take on as much work product as you can. The, the, the most important thing that you can do, uh, learn how to file pleadings, answers, complaints, uh, go through discovery. Uh, you want to be able to have as much experience propounding discovery and responding to discovery as possible. The most practical amount of experience that you possibly can get, because that's going to put you head and shoulders above all the other associates that are at the same level as you. So one of the reasons that I actually chose a small firm when I was getting out of, um, as soon as I graduated was because I knew they were going to throw me in the deep end. And I went to law school because my family needed a lawyer and I didn't have time to, to learn how to do it the, you know, sort of like the, the soft coddly way where you learn how to do doc review for two years and then they'll slowly put you in a deposition at like, you know, in your fifth year. I, I worked for a small attorney that kind of threw me on a case that was midway on its way to trial. So I was learning how to do everything right then and there. And that experience is invaluable. Um, it's not fun, but it's effective. Um, so that's going to be a big way to, to show off um, against others that are uh, interviewing for midsize firms. 
the other thing I recommend you do is uh, go to the OCI interview uh, panel that Saba is going to be putting on together in the last week of July um, and keep, you know, join Saba's Facebook page and the ma- mailing list server. I think it's $15 to become a member. Super easy. Do that because it's going to have a lot of advice on how to interview for these types of things. Um, and also, if there are spring fall opportunities in the Bay Area, uh, you would recommend applying to. Let's talk offline about that. If I find something, I'll let you know. Um, anybody else here? Have you guys ever gone from a small firm to a big firm? Or maybe you guys can speak to it from the perspective of being in a big firm. What do you guys like to see uh, from those that are applying from a boutique firm? I did do my first year of summer at a small boutique, and then I did um, mid-sized after graduation. So um, you really just want to build out your resume. So so like Rob was saying, you want to basically have experience on your resume. They want to see, like for me, I do patent prosecution. So they want to see, I know what an office action is. I know what needs to go into it. So whenever I was ready for my mid-sized firm, they're like, oh, well, you already have familiarity with this. We don't have to train you up on that. They want to basically limit the um, extra training that they're going to have to do if you're going to try to jump into, um, an, a, I guess, a different sized company after I'm guessing this is post-grad versus another summer, because the summer is really the time to kind of get to get some familiarity with these tasks. But if you already have those, that familiarity, sorry, then they don't have to do that extra training um, once you start. Oh, makes total sense. What about you, Prince? What do you like to hear from those that are trying to go to Reed Smith? Yeah, so whenever I'm interviewing like summers or first year associates, I think just like general interest in Reed Smith is a big thing because there are so many law firms in the Bay Area. I'm trying to figure out why they want to go here. I think what I did during my summer going into OCI, I kept an Excel sheet of every single assignment I did, how many hours it took me, and descriptions. So when you're sitting there in the interview, you know what to talk about. And you could talk about a mix of experiences, and it kind of shows that you did work in every area. And I think to prepare for um, interviews, I know all the big law firms do events over the summer. So they have like an open house type event where you can come in, you can meet the attorneys, talk to them. I think those are great experiences. I went to a bunch of them my summer. That's how I found Reed Smith. I met a lot of attorneys and those attorneys were the ones interviewing me. And it really shows that you're interested in the firm and the type of work they do. And that way you can craft a great cover letter. A shameless plug, I know my firm's having our open house next Wednesday. And we've done this in the past before. And a lot of our summers have started have gone to those open houses, met us there, showed they were interested. And that's a good way to get your foot in the door. Sorry, and also that's adding a lot more to your summer already with social events and work. And now you got to go network with other firms. <laughs> no, but it's it's great advice. Honestly, guys, a lot of this, this industry is who you know and how you know them. Get to know everybody. I, I cannot tell you how much more important networking is than grades like three years out. Nobody's looked at my resume or my my transcript in at least five years uh, actually shit i think it was just my first job and that's it i don't think i've ever shown anybody my resume since then after that they care about your reputation and you know what you're like as an attorney and what other people say about you so if other people are like hey i like this guy bradley he's solid congrats you're gonna at least get the interview and then it's on you not to mess it up right you got to show that you're smart that you're a worker that you're ambitious and that you're nice those are big key key sort of uh, things to, to talk about. Um, I see we've got another question here uh, from Sabrina. Should we feel comfortable advocating for sustainability practices in the office? And she works in big law. Um, Sonali and Prince, I'll let you two take it from here. 
Yeah, I think if you know who your office, not the managing, the, uh, there's like usually an office assistant who you can talk to. They'll be able to kind of fill you in on efforts that the firm's already taking, but you can also basically recommend ways to spearhead some other change. So I know like some associates want to switch from paper to digital so they can kind of help you figure out ways to do that. Um, so definitely be vocal about that. And in fact, I think it's a great thing to show your firm that you're interested in those types of things. Totally. Yeah, I agree with what Sonali said. Anything you could do to show leadership skills and if you're passionate about sustainability, do it. And email partners, talk to your office. And I don't think anyone would tell you no. Yeah. I mean, look, guys, I work for a solar company, so I'm obviously in favor of this. Um, I think uh, to add on to what they said, the big thing that Sonali mentioned here is to make that recommendation, right? Don't just say, hey, here's a problem. Present the solution with it. You know, show me, hey, I noticed that we're not using recyclable, uh, you know, paper towels and, you know, we're not we're not recycling these. Here's something that I thought of that might be easy to implement. What are your thoughts on it? Right. And uh, don't approach it like, hey, I'm telling you what to do and I'm right and I'm smarter than you and all these things like that. It's more of like a question game where you. Uh, sort of use a sporadic method to get them to come to the right answer where it's like, Hey, I've noticed we're doing this. What do you think about this? Oh, is that a good idea? Oh man, it's awesome. Let them think it's their idea. Who cares? Like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll know whose idea it really is later on, but as long as you make them feel like they're part of the solution, make them feel like they're part of the uh, you know, the, the team that goes a long way. And that just goes to more about, you know, what Arsh is saying, where you've got to make sure that you've got that, team sort of uh, like feel for for the place right like yeah litigating is a lot of work that you're doing alone but a lot of times you're going to be asking for people for for help like hey i need help with uh, finding these templates or you know i i wanted to bounce uh, this idea off your brain and it matters like if i'm stuck in a room for eight hours with somebody that i can't stand and we've got to draft a you know go through thousands of pages of discovery and, and draft a, a deposition outline dude, I don't want to blow my brains out any more than I already do because I've got a bad personality to deal with. No, send me the funny guy that's going to like make this a, an exciting adventure instead of the, you know, sort of eye scratching uh, environment that it's already going to be, right? Like deposition outlines aren't fun. It's they're long. You have to think a lot. I, I'd rather not be dealing with an arrogant prick. I'd rather deal with somebody that's humble and nice and that presents solutions, not problems. Um, I had one last thought. Oh, templates. So now you mentioned templates. That's a huge thing, by the way, guys. A lot of these big law firms have already done the work and plagiarism is encouraged. Like I get it in school. It's not allowed. It's stupid. Whatever. Plagiarize. Make yourself seem like a genius. Talk to the associates that know how to search your guys' search function to find those things because they'll make you look like a badass I did that all the time. People thought I walked on water. It was, I loved it. It was genius. Go ahead, Sonali. To add to that too, you should look at the person who assigned you the project and see if they have any assignments that are similar because they all have their different quirks and you can pick up on them. I actually copied and pasted something that my partner, my previous partner, Teddy, was like, oh, I thought that was really well written. I'm like, I copied it from you. So there you go. Everyone has their own writing style. And I would literally read people's briefs in order to understand how they wrote in order to find the small little intricacies. I, my partner used to enjoy putting the comma after every and or before every and it didn't matter if there was the Oxford comma, which I'm a fan of. It was any and it, he didn't care. Dependent clause, independent clause, whatever. I hated that. 
I still did it. Why? Because it's less for them to correct. And I'm not going to argue with the partner that you don't need one, you know, with an independent clause, it can stand on its own. Fuck it, dude. Like, yeah, if you want me to do this, I'll do it. Is this makes you happy? Commas make you happy? Awesome. Let's let's do this. And then I am not working with you again because clearly I'm smarter than you and I don't need that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 an interview. It's it's it sucks to be on all the time. And what I mean is, you know, to to come in every day with a smile on your face and to to you know make sure that everyone likes you and that sucks. Um, but at the same time, you're interviewing them too, right? If you don't want to be there, still do it with a smile, still keep the relationships alive, but then get out. Um, it's four o'clock. We've come on to the, uh, the sort of end. Um, I don't know if we've got any last second comments anybody wants to make, anybody wants to say anything. Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this and we can stop recording. I,